Gaming on the Frontier. This is Bruce. This is Trab. This is Jonathan. And this is Bert. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier, your podcast of stirring up a big pot of trouble. <laughs> With just a side of evil. <laughs> just a pinch of evil. <laughs> and some allspice. A little bit of nutmeg. Yeah, uh, gotta, always got to have that allspice. Turmeric. Yeah. What is Terragut used for? I cannot figure that out. All right. Welcome to Gaming on the Frontier. This week we are talking about Kitchen Witches. That's a, it's a Bureau 13 thing, but it's actually good for anybody who runs a supernatural campaign. There. After five long years, my latest invention is complete. Surely it will revolutionize personal transportation for decades to come. Hey, who are you in here? Get get away from there! You stupid simian sociopath! Don't touch that! Ah, monkeys took my jetpack! Monkeys took my jetpack. At mtmjetpack.com That makes me think of the anime uh, Death Note. Although in that case, it was kind of accidental that the protagonist picked it up but it was kind of that same thing where a, a death god just drops their their notebook on the ground just just because they were bored and they wanted to see what would happen if a human got hold of it right now you know that that makes sense like you know maybe 20 years ago you know now on the internet you just you just put up some web page that you know like that but i mean maybe you know the, the personal touch sometimes makes a big difference you know it's, it's kind of like uh, an email you do it through like a mass email instead, you know, and hit up like a hundred thousand people and maybe, you know, a couple of people would actually resonate with it. They start doing it and you, yeah. you have, you oh, have like a chain letter. Well, yeah, but I mean, you might actually be trying to promote the craft by getting the word out to people who have potential who otherwise might never have gone down that road. So it, you know, you could actually see this as somebody who is using the shotgun method, but they're still yeah, yeah, exactly. they're still catching game with it. <laughs> you know? Well, again, I mean, that's that bed knobs and broomsticks. The con artist is just sending out this correspondence course to tons of people, and it's only just one that actually it seems to work for. Right. Well, that's like the... Uh, uh, you know the uh, I forget the, the it was an actual guy, but he he signed up for the mystery like uh, universe uh, school of muscle building or something like that, and you know and every uh, you know every, every month you know he'd send his money in the guy would send him the next thing to try and at the at the end 
he, he gets, you know, he, he builds up his muscles, becomes really strong, and actually goes into the Olympics as something like a, a, a hammer thrower or something like that. And it has this great scene where he actually meets the guy who's been sending him all the correspondence for the past 10 years or something like that, you know, and the two of them basically just pick up this entire shopping cart, not shopping cart, I'm sorry, luggage cart full of suitcases and holding up showing that, you know, there's, you know, the, first of all, the one, the old guy still has it and, and they're actually, and, and how powerful they were. And of course, a lot of pictures, stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I'm saying there could be, it's, it is a, it is a technique, you know, you're stuff in the back of comic book magazines and, uh, uh, popular science, popular mechanics, man, you know, x-ray specs, those used to oh, be. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Yeah, they were sold in the back of all three of those, and nobody ever said, you know, and they were, and the and the, uh, you know, the publishers never said, oh no, this isn't legitimate. We can't sell this. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you wanted to get it out to, on the sly, you know, nib, see if there's any fishes nibbling, then it's not a bad technique. So uh, yeah, so. Like I said, for those who recognize uh, that there's potential out there and they want to promote it. So that's that's also another source of getting these kinds of spells. All right. So back to you, Fur, because we're not going to talk about what can go wrong. Oh, geez. What Famous can, last words. Yeah. What can go wrong with people who really aren't formally trained in magic? Anything you put out can always backfire, so you... Well, what does that mean? What does backfire mean? Um, you want this guy to fall in love with you. You've had a thing for him for years. Now, all of a sudden, you got a stalker. Yeah. Um, he loves the hell out of you. He loves the crap out of you. And everything but he will not leave you alone he starts doing really weird stuff um yeah you can cause your children to be possessed i i turned my daughter into a demon once uh, <laughs> she got better so it's, yeah it's yeah okay. yeah, yeah um but yeah, you could mean well. You could do all the right stuff, and you think you have the best intentions. Yeah, and we know what the road paved. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> road to hell. That's what that's paved with. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you can. Yeah, it's it's all kinds of things because you use the wrong um, products. Or you say the wrong words, or you have the wrong idea in yeah, your head. Kalatu, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, There, I said it. And because every strength is a weakness, every bonus, everything can have a downside to it. Because yep. there's two sides every short. Well, but we're not saying this is a zero-sum game here where if you get a, a, a boon, you also have to get a, a, a negative. No, not not always, but it could happen. Yeah, that, that that's began to sound a lot like Full Metal Alchemist, Alchemist and what was it, and, and Shelley's huge. Equivalent exchange. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember yeah. that term. And there's also the, the 
be careful what you wish for because you might actually get it. Even if yeah. you get exactly what you expect, you yeah. might discover that what you expected was not what you really wanted. You didn't think it yeah. through. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like that, the idea with the stalker boyfriend. Yeah. That, well, that whole, how did, how'd that work out for you, I think? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I can see a lot of ways that could go bad. I mean, for example, is they could fall in love with someone who looks just like you. Your twin sister. Okay. Or everyone supposedly has a twin out there, so they go and they find that other person who looks just like you, not you. Or you can even step it back a level and, and you know, they you fall in love they you fall in love and you have this wonderful relationship until they're destined to death date a year later. Right, right. Maybe you weren't really meant to be with them. Yeah. Or if you want to get really dark, okay, <laughs> they go and they find the person that they really care about. They abduct them. They take them to some, uh, you know, uh, a criminal plastic surgeon and get them altered to look just like you. Okay. Because, Ooh. like I said, you can go really dark with this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it's a compulsion. You're basically giving them a compulsion. And, you know, the, that compulsion is going to be fed by you know, whatever. And, and like the stalking thing, you know, what if they don't think they're good enough for you? That's why they never tell you that you they love you. But instead, they're going to be stalking you because there's a compulsion. And they're going to be, and, and but of course, nobody else is good enough for you either. So they're going to be doing bad things to anybody who shows an interest in you. Because yeah. they can, mm-hmm. if, if they can't have you, nobody can have you, but they can't have you. Mm-hmm. That's a recipe for a very, well, a, a, a lonely life, a very unfulfilled life because you've got this mm-hmm. stalker. So yeah, there's a Twilight or, or a, uh, a, an hour. Uh, I'm sorry, Twilight Zone or an hour limit zone. Uh, I don't remember what it was, uh, but this guy, I think it was probably Twilight. He goes into this this place and he says, "I hear that you have like a love potion because there's this woman I'm desperately in love in, with," and uh, and the guy says. Yes, I have two potions. And he goes and he puts them down in a different color so there's no chance of making a mistake. And he puts it down and he says, he says, okay, so why two? He says, and he picks up one of them. He says, this is a powerful, almost un, you know, undetectable poison that will simulate a heart attack in whoever it's given to. He says, I charge $1,000 for this. And the guy's like, oh, why would anybody want that? He says, I didn't come for that. I came for a love potion. I want my, my girlfriend to live forever, all this stuff like that. He says, okay, fine. That's the other potion. Well, if you charge $1,000 for this terrible poison, how much do you charge for the, the love potion? He says, nothing. It's free. So oh, I see. this is going on. Yeah, so the guy oh. takes it home. Gives it to his girlfriend. His girlfriend now is the most clingiest, you know, desperate, yeah. wants wants 100% of his time, you know, uh, resents him even leaving to make money, you, you know, everything. She's like in his space completely. And after about a month, he shows back up at the store and the guy looks at him. He says, I'd like to buy the other potion. <laughs> and the guy says, yeah. I, I, I kept it ready for you. Oh, <laughs> and that's yeah. the end of the story. So yeah, that's uh, 
it's 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 terrible, but also nice when when your your purveyors actually think ahead to your customers' needs. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. I'm not going to call him a good person because if he was a good person, he never would have sold it in the first place, knowing what <laughs> oh, was going to happen. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, so uh, so yeah, what can go wrong is you can get everything you want and so much more. And yeah. also, just within the Bureau 13 universe, there's no guarantee that you know your love interest is human. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's where you're getting like incubi and succubi involved, and mm-hmm. or not even other, that. You just accidentally otherworldly other yeah. denizens. You yeah. you've just accidentally made that vampire your love slave. Well, that would suck. <laughs> we do one. We do one episode a week, folks. Tip your weight staff. Try the beal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, we we try to space it out as best we can. Life. <laughs> what what was that, Burr? You could ask for everlasting life. Right. You never die. Ever, everlasting life without everlasting youth is a really sucky kind of thing. Oh, no, no. The whole, oh, God, the movie. Bruce Willis, Goldie Hawn, Meryl Streep. Yes. Yes, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the, the leader of the cult warned them. He says, take good care of yourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and then you and you have the uh, uh, oh uh, they uh, the hunger uh, with uh, oh uh, with David Bowie and I can't remember her name. Uh, it's she's French, but uh, uh, anyways, uh, you uh, you know you you're you're her companion for like a hundred or hundred and fifty years. Then all of a sudden, all your age catches up with you, and you turn into this. You're not dead. You never die. Okay, but you basically become this decrepit thing. And she very carefully, kindly puts you into your coffin and seals it up and goes finds a new one. So yeah, you know it's always the fine print. You know you get yeah. Like, sometimes oh, you, what's that? What's that? That term, and I use it at work, why I nitpick on procedure, the devil's in the details. Right. And I tell youngins that work that. Yeah, that would be like a normal effect, but there's a complication. Yeah. Yeah, you mm-hmm. get, you know, uh, you, you get like 150 years, and it's great, but then you get the rest of eternity, and it's what it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's also always the possibility you're going to get a weird effect. And I love weird effects, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopie witches who do weird, who end up with weird effects, are so much fun because they're like, I don't know what happened. Yes. <laughs> I didn't expect this to happen. Yeah, uh huh. Why is the house upside down? I was just, I was just trying to get rid of roaches, and suddenly, <laughs> yeah. all the doors leaped off their hinges and ran out the front door and into the into traffic. <laughs> Explain that to your insurance company, you know, Jake from, and we won't name the name from, you know, telling Jake, yeah, my ride driving down the street through suburbia and this front door came right through my windshield of its own accord. No, really. Okay. We're going to need you to take a drug test, Mr. Johnson. Yeah. yeah. What was, what's the classic line? The, the, the tree jumped into the middle of the road and I hit it. Right. That is the that's the classic joke. Hush your 
your mouth. Because <laughs> I did hit a tree. And and she'll say, well, no, the tree jumped it out. Jumped so, out yeah, that's why me. I just busted out laughing. Sorry about well, that. Well, that's okay, Fern, because not... I, 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 hit a, I hit a telephone pole with a car. Yeah. And just jumped out, never mind it. No, no, it, it, it was because uh, I dropped a, um, uh, I, I dropped a, a donut on the floor of my car <laughs> and I was reaching for it and I took my eyes off the road and the road turned and I didn't. Oh. It was like oh. kind of a weavy hill road. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh. I, thought, I oh. thought I had just a little bit more time and I did not. Yeah. <laughs> And and folks, to this day, he has sworn off eating donuts. Yeah. Um, the sad thing is, I have I have gone after stuff since then, but every time I do, I'm like, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I am scarred from that. You know. I was wondering why, when you were at Continuum and you saw the donuts there at the con suite, you veered away from. Them. Now I know why. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's uh. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> it I'm not a big fan of eating while driving anymore. Yeah, it was the horrible telephone pole incident of you know. Well, you know, it, it. I. I. I mean, this was this is before they had um, seat belts and stuff. Oh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, so you're kind of. We're kind of lucky you survived. That I. Maybe. I had a. Hey. I had a nice little. Uh, oh. Oh. You know. It's. You know. And of course, it totaled the car. I, I, I hit well, it yeah. on the on the front right bumper. I mean, front right corner. So it took out the uh, the the fender. It took out the bumper. It took out the grill. It took out the lights. It took out the battery, and it took out the uh, uh, the radiator. Mm -hmm. Oh no! Yeah, you hit that probably going what 40, 50 miles an hour. Oh no, twenty five max. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> But it, but it was a very early Toyota. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they no, were not I, made sturdy in those days. No. Yeah. I had a Mercury Sable. I, I was driving home and I fell asleep at the wheel. The road turned. I turned and I kept turning and I went down an embankment. Oh. I, I chased a tree down like forty yards off the road, and um, I. I passed out. My foot hit the accelerator, so I hit it about fifty-five. Oh, is that the one that your knees messed up now because of? Yeah. That? Okay. Yeah. The transmission was on one side of the tree, and the engine was on the other oh, side. Oh, Lord. Yeah, the tree was three feet around, and it came up to where the um, windshield um, and the um, the hood the hood intersected. Oh. So it it almost. I almost went completely through. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I had an airbag and yeah, um, seatbelt and all that stuff. So, but that was in ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Yeah. See, that's details you didn't tell me about that accident, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I is still up for debate as to whether or not I just fell asleep or that was an actual seizure. Yeah. Because that could have been either. But yeah. I yeah, the tree jumped out in front of yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I chased yeah. it down. Yeah. yeah, that tree you weren't liking, so you said I'm gonna take you out. Yeah, we see how that worked out. Yeah, uh, yeah. The trees, you know, the trees, like you know, running away, going. But I don't want to get you know, go, you know, go to you know, meet a Ford. I don't wanna. 
<laughs> yeah, I was there with the branches like this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where'd that tongue come from the tree that's sticking out at you? Yeah. All right. The tree was trying to leave, and she's hit it anyways. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, like, yeah. So, we're uh, normal, weird effect, you know, which can happen. Um, especially because, you know, you expect mistakes. You expect weird things. I mean, if anything happens, you, it's a success if you're a kitchen witch, right? Because, you know, a lot of these people weren't really expecting anything really to happen in the first place. Oh, so you mean they're going, it worked? I mean, it worked. Yeah. 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 I um, meant to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they intend to happen. They hope that it will. But, um, yeah, if it does, they're surprised. Right. I mean, the, um, wor- the worst thing that can happen is no effect. Uh, because now, if you're far enough into it that you're actually casting spells, then you're... You got you got a lot of drive going and stuff like that. So if there's no effect, what's the solution, Jonathan? Try, Try again, much harder. Go big, you bet. <laughs> let's make it or bigger. Go home. Yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. let's you know use twice as much uh, oregano. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh. Maybe maybe it has to be like four hundred degrees instead of just two hundred degrees. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, bring in the propane torches, you know. If it doesn't work, you're going to go back, you know, to these sources and you're going to be like, hey, it didn't work and all like that. And they say, oh, well, did you uh, did you use the blood of a virgin? <laughs> or, or, uh, or I have this item that probably would have made a big difference. Are you willing to pay for it? So, you know, I guarantee you it'll work if you do. And uh, you can... And, you can get sent down a very dark road that way. Um, yeah. You know, and of course, you know, in, in, the, in the sense that, you know, if you see witchcraft, you know, the, the practicing of witchcraft to be a positive thing, then if you, you know, there is always the possibility that they'll just give up and that potential will be lost. So in a world that's full of evil and supernatural creatures that are bent on harm, you know, having a possibly... Uh, good player just give up because somebody is uh it has has thwarted them you know intentionally uh or just because they they didn't do it well enough uh is 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 in a way it's a shame it's a it's a tragedy you know so it's uh that can happen so all right so uh uh, I'm going to send this back to you, Fur, because you were just talking about it. Do they uh, do? Uh, do you think that? I mean, we we can assume that fully trained, you know, properly trained witches have groups that they're associated with. But how about kitchen witches? You know, and and hedge and hedge witches and and um, uh, witches. Do they have covens or associations? You know, do they ever get apprentices? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Um, her co-host on uh, their podcast. podcast, It Makes You Think. Oh, no. Cynthia is a full high priestess. She's, you know. Yeah. And essentially, it was a coven that she was part of. But, um, yeah, it, they do take on um, 
apprentices and um, people who want to learn more. They do teach classes and stuff. I've been to a few of the classes, um, but I'm still more of what you would consider a hedge witch. I self-taught most of it. But she was she was trained, and she's she's licensed to wed. And she she can marry people, and she's licensed as a priestess. Yeah, that's how I well. Well, it's different circumstances, but there was a stint where Cynthia was actually a cap, yeah, um, Ukrainian Catholic deacon, and so she helped officiate my second wedding. That's how I know Cynthia. Fern knows her from you know commonalities and pagan and witchcraft stuff, and mm -hmm. I think you helped her out and during a rough time. Yeah, we so that's how friends. we yeah. each know Cynthia. We've known her now what easily 20, twenty years. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three. We're going on probably each mm -hmm. of us. Yeah. So yeah, but no, Cynthia. You know, she's still licensed to wed as a pagan priestess. Mm -hmm. So, no, Cynthia is, you know, she's got the CV, you know, what, what's the term? Can walk the walk and talk the talk. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and if I would have got a little more warning and if she was on Skype, we would have brought her in and this would have been just. Yeah. We, we could have taken this. To, well, oh, no, you two together. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. On this I, I don't think you'd want both. No, 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 no. Anyways. But we yeah. love Sin dearly, but did, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, with. With the movements that are going on right now, yeah, covens and um, gatherings of that sort are because, you know, schools of paganism is, is becoming more and more popular. Um, well, because like I said, it's like, yeah. don't don't believe the hype that it's the Abrahamic. And again, we're not crapping on Abrahamic religions. Worship how you want. But I mean, we all know the stuff that's been going on in the Abrahamic religions. Yes. The things that have been that have come to light over the past 20 years. And a lot of people have just, in, you know, as I say on my show, embraced their inner theme song and said, F this stuff, I'm out. And they'll find paganism. And of course, there's a myriad of various faiths in that. You have Gardnerian Wicca. You have a Satra. You have, um, I think, Stragas Rite, I think I've heard it called. Um, yeah. And there's just a myriad of options that you can get into to be under the aegis that is known as pagan or witchcraft. Mm -hmm. There's just many paths you can follow and you can choose to be, excuse me, part of a coven. Oh, excuse me. Like, like fur is a solo witch as it were, where yeah. you just follow your own path. You do your own thing. Oh, and you might, confer with other witches and get mm -hmm. but still you if you're going to do a spell or what have you you're going to do it on your own yeah yeah so it, it's you know the, the kind of organizations you're talking about seem to be very formal more toward what i was talking about like a university or a, that you know kind of thing so my question then is is that do you, do people have to display a certain amount of proficiency before they get invited into these kinds of organizations or apprenticeships or things like that? Not really as much that you have to show interest. Yeah, I was going to say a desire to do it. And um, yeah, you have to show the desire and motivation, dedication. 
And um, if you do show certain sparks, they will groom you more. They will encourage your involvement and stuff. But it's not one of those things where they don't have recruiters uh, <laughs> so much. Um, they they have, you know, you have to come out of your own free will and stuff. But it's if people do notice, like, I have a friend that is, she's young, but she's showing promise and stuff. And I'm introducing her to different things, but I'm not trying to force anything on her. It's one of those sayings, well, here, you have, you know, premonitions and stuff. Uh, here, look into this. You know, this is what I know. And, you know, I know people you can talk to if you're interested in exploring it. But no, you're not required to have to be gifted <laughs> in a certain way. Because in a lot of the pagan followings and stuff, they believe that everybody is pretty much, everybody generates energy. Everybody has the potential as whether or not you want to use it or just try to stifle it or just ignore it or, you know, just carry on and with your regular life be mundane. I Everybody can have a gift. Okay. But, you know, at the beginning, you know, Trav, you, you mentioned that, you know, it might be a woman and her two friends, okay? You know, and uh, the uh, try to get that threefold thing going, you know? Uh, yeah. The, uh, you know, it, it might be just a, you know, a, a little, a small little grouping, but not really a big grouping. Uh, because, you know, you, it, it, it doesn't seem like there, you know, in most cases there's, uh, some kind of large, you know, organized magic, you know, at least not, you know, cause you'd think that they would want to get involved in that if they could, you know, if, if they could, you know, get a, pr a prospectus and say, Hey, you know, for a thousand dollars a year, I can take night classes from the uh, University of the Unseen Eye, and uh, I'll become a full-fledged witch in five years. I mean, you don't see that. Most people don't have that in their beer thirteen game, and I don't. And I don't see that very often, hardly at all, really, in any of the literature or things like that. So it's uh, that's why I was asking. Uh, you did mention one thing, which was uh, uh, that there are conventions where. You know, fledgling, interested uh, kitchen witches and and whoopee witches might actually get together and make enough connections to maybe take the next step into a more devoted practice. Oh no, Bruce, you know this by working at Dragon Con. One of the best ways to network is go to cons, and it depends on what type of con it is. I explained this to you know the people of my previous job and the previous the people of my current job. You have all the, and I have met a, and even, you know, in, you know, the comedy music community, as far as networking, there is one woman I know, her name is Angela. This woman is a physicist who worked at CERN, the Hadron Collider in Switzerland, yet she's a fan of um, comedy music artist Jonathan Colton. And she goes on his cruises once a year and knows him quite well. And she came to MarsCon and I looked at her and I, I looked at Angela and I said, 
you're you're a physicist at, at CERN. You're slumming with our you know butts, and it's, and it's dude because we all love comedy music. So yeah, you're gonna have these pagan cons, mm-hmm. and oh no, you know that there's witches and warlocks and what have you in hotel rooms, you know, and they're trading, you know, spells and incantations and whatnot. Oh no, you know that goes on at these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been to a few convocations. Yeah. So you know that networking is a huge thing because there's always going to be somebody you're looking for mm-hmm. some way to improve your game, as it were, and in turn you give them something in return. Well, that was the premise of our live action role playing game we ran was we're the the secret con within the con of all the supernatural in the know entities who uh-huh. just happen to all be visiting Dragon Con. Oh, okay. You know, I really wanted to do a con inside of a con at Marcon for TriTech at one point. I even tried to get people signed up to, to do stuff for it, and it just didn't quite come together, unfortunately. But uh, that was one of the... Back when we were trying to really promote TriTech, I said, you know, if we're going to come out with a new edition, you know, like the D20 edition, let's... Why don't we have a con inside of a con at Marcon, you know, and... And just basically have our own sessions and talk, you know, act as if, you know, you're, everybody there is actually a new recruit to Fringeworthy. And, you know, and you, everybody get their own Fringeworthy uh, S4 badge and all this stuff. Uh, we, you know, and I was going to, uh, like I said, it's, it's, it did, I didn't get enough people signing up saying they were willing to, you know, actually provide content, you know, actually like do, you know, do the work. So I said, well, you know, because most of the people who'd be coming there would just be, you know, fans. Uh, just at the convention, they were playing at, at being explorers, and they were listening to our sessions. We had to have people, couldn't just have six people doing everything is what I'm trying to say. So so we didn't do it. But yeah, yeah, I can, I can see that. A con within a con. Yeah, that could, that could definitely happen. You know, and, and, and to our listeners, I mean, a lot of these ideas we're saying are things you can use in your adventures. I mean, you know, complications that some, somehow happen, you know, where you go in and you're, you're, you're seeing, there's a scene and you see a, a flyer for a convocation. And, uh, and you, you, you research it and realize there's a lot of supernatural practitioners there. And maybe the person who was responsible for this actually is, is part of that. So, you know, and you can follow up on that. If I decide to run another Bureau 13 local campaign again, like the one I just wrapped up a couple months ago with, you know, Team Candlestick 2.0, granted, I would have to really pick some brains of people who go to convocation. Mm -hmm. And Fur Fur and I have many mutual friends who I'd pick their brains quite well. And that's a little creepy. Well, no, just you and I both know enough people that go to convo that I can just pick their brains. Okay, tell me this and this and this, and I need to know that why I'm running a game about it. Oh, and you know, they they know how how I roll here. So, yeah, it's and I could probably start throwing names of fur right now, and she'd be like, Yep, 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 Mm -hmm. yep, no, yeah, yeah. And no, that would be a cool idea for those of you out there, thought experiment. Research if you have a local pagan convention in your hometown or your general metropolitan area and go that route. That would be a good way to recruit new agents. Mm-hmm. Because you realize, oh no, this person is a practicing witch and they've cast spells. 
Oh, um, cast successful. Spell. Yeah, and, and that would can, ping on bureaus. Anybody radar. can cast a spell. Right. But even if they don't cast spells, if you know, as a bureau agent, that would give them knowledge. You know, the the knowledge spells. You know, magic. At the, gray. At the very least, they find a new SME. Yeah. Right. Well, you don't even have to be an SME. It's just basically it means they have a a head start on that the occult part of the Bureau Thirteen training. Yes. So yeah, because I mean the poor the poor schmucks, okay, who see something supernatural <laughs> but don't you know go crazy about it, and the bureau says, hey, let's bring him into the you know we'd rather be the hunter than the hunted. Yes, yes, you know I want control over my life, you know, and this is okay. Come on in, and they they're introduced into like a, a completely different world. I mean, they're all of their. Their their belief systems are just the the pins or uh, supports are knocked out from underneath. They have to learn about magic. They have to learn about psionics. They have to learn about you know monsters. They have to learn about you know evil you know uh, uh, evil people, con artists because sometimes it's a fake. You know, uh, I mean, just all kinds of things. You know, people who are just sick. You know, and are using the trappings to do sick things. They're going Harry Houdini. How he would, you know, pick out charlatans. Yeah, we wanted him in the bureau. He just said he didn't have the time. Yeah. Um, well, no, that's what he did. He was, I mean, granted, Harry Houdini, the reason why he was involved in the supernatural escape art is because he wanted to do seance. His mother died and he wanted to actually. Yeah. And so he spent his life while researching all that, knocking down charlatans a few pegs. He would actually call these people out and get them. And eventually get him, like, run out on a rail, as the old term is. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, the guy that did uh, Sherlock Holmes, he was also into spiritualism because of people that he cared about had died. Conan Doyle? Yeah. Oh, actually, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Actually, the two of them were acquaintances and friends. Uh, Harry Houdini, you know, was basically constantly knocking down these um, mediums, and Conan Doyle believed in them. And... Uh, you know, they had actually kind of a, they were friends who became kind of anima an antagonistic to each other because of it. They became fremenies? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> like they started off as friends, but then Harry Houdini started, you know, disproving all these mediums and C C Doyle just didn't like that. He was like, stop it, you're ruining it. Well, wasn't there a movie? Yeah, there was a movie. I'm trying to no, no, that was the majestic. No, I'm thinking of, and that was Houdini and um, somebody else. I'm blanking. Are you talking about the movie The Majestic? Yeah, yeah, and I'm trying. I remember. I think it was Christian Bale and somebody else. And I forget. It was who they Christian were Bale, and it was the guy that played Wolverine. Yeah. It wasn't Dude, Houdini, Jack. but it, it was. It was about that like era of magicians. Well, yeah. no, they, they, it wasn't about Houdini, but the you know, it, the at the point where they actually. You know, he had to do something that was that was impossible. You know, he actually runs into uh, uh, our our crazy scientist friend, Te Tesla. Yeah. Tesla, played Tesla, by David Bowie. Yeah. yeah, and Tesla and Tesla actually creates something that does real magic, and you know, he he goes and does it, and the guy who's running the theater looks at him and says, "Oh, so you're doing real magic, are you?" And he says, "Well, keep it on the down low. You don't want to scare. You don't want to scare anybody." Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I have yet to see. I have yet to see the incarnation of Tesla done by, and I mess up his name. He's like 
Serbo-Croatian. Uh, Gordon Vesignik, he played Luca on ER. And in series 13 of Doctor Who, the second one with Jodie Whittaker, he plays Nikola Tesla. Oh, yeah, I remember saying that. It's actually, no, he did a pretty good job. Okay, I'm going to have to try to find it and see how he did, but yeah. Um, but no, um, the thing is with, with the covens and the associations and the apprentices, yeah, pagan cons, which pagan conventions would be a fantastic way to start for them to network and, you know, you actually get to meet them. Yeah, get their foot in the door. Yeah, it would open the door to it. And you know that the Bureau would, in, in my game, the Bureau would have eyes and ears on Convo. Oh, third week of February, yeah, we, yeah, Candlestick had truck. Well, you're assuming that the Bureau has a lot of people who are, you know, I we always have this argument all the time, which is how many actual agents, how many actual yeah, people yeah. are part of the Bureau. Okay, is it really just search engines running on a supercomputer? You know, this this tracking down most of this? Is it a couple of practitioners who scry stuff and send jobs to the Bureau? Or do they actually have thousands of eyes and ears, you know, who are, you know, feeding information into the Bureau through uh, the dark web, for example, and stuff like that? I, I the, the way I've interpreted it, Bruce, is there is an AI that covers all the technological you know, aspects. And then you have a small cadre of diviners and precognitive psionics. Yeah. You have the, the it, it kind of like in the second world, the blue room, people who scry on everything and the Bureau has something like that. It, as I said, not many people again, because the Bureau is a relatively small organization nestled nicely within the United States government. But no, they have an AI. You know, it smacks of the machine from person of interest that picks up keywords and then you with the the magic and psionic divination help, that's how they find all the various missions to send whatever oh okay, this is in Detroit, send candlestick. This is in Seattle, and I'm blanking on John's team name. Um I want to say can uh, Team Fremont. Yeah, send them, you know, because it's in the SeaTac area. Right, right. Well, the way I did it, and this worked all the way back, you know, very early, is that I okay. imagined there was this person who was sitting in a room, and and sitting on a table in front of him was one of those, you know, standard tabletop phones. Okay. And he'd reach over and pick up the phone and put it to his ear. Then put it down. And a little bit later, he'd pick up the phone and put it up to his ear. And he put it down. Every so often, he'd pick up the phone, put it to his ear, and there would be a connection. It wouldn't just be a dial tone. And he'd say, "Hey, it's a, he says this isn't this isn't a uh, a wrong you know a wrong number." He says, "I can help you. Tell me what's going on." And the person on the other end of the phone, who's desperately trying to get help in some terrible situation involving the supernatural tells him or her doesn't have to, you know, it's just not gendered you know what's going on at which point he writes it all down or types it into a computer sends it off to the bureau bureau ish sends a team ah okay it's 911 for supernatural stuff kind of yeah yeah it's basically you know it but it, it, it's a 
it is an accidental connection in the phone system where they're trying to call for you know nine one one or something, and they get and you get this, this person, person instead, someone who can really help them by yeah. sending the bureau. So that's almost kind of got a quantum leap feel. To yeah, it. doesn't it? I thought when I thought of it, I thought this is kind of cool. This is, I, 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 and the thing is, is that it's all it's always in my head. They never see this. This never they never meet this person. You know, they're completely disconnected. It's just the cool thing I, you know, that game masters put into their games that they never tell their players about just because it's a cool thing that they enjoy. And I did. So you're all welcome to use it. You know, it's, uh, you know, give me credit if you can, if you want. And I'd love to hear it that you did. I've been working on a script for like a, a Zoom based, uh, like short movie that I've been wanting to do about like how the Bureau top brass respond to a uh, a global incident and it's basically just four people like oh, no, four people total yeah who, who are all just communicating over zoom and that's that's the extent of the upper brass well yeah because remember they went you know like how how eddie murphy said in beverly hills cop deep 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 deep, deep undercover after 77 they hid themselves They're, these people probably don't see the light of day anymore because they're that far down and yeah, I can imagine that these four from some undisclosed location, and no, I'm not making a Dick Cheney joke, um, they're running the Bureau, and it's, it, it's centralized yet decentralized. Where, yeah, they are the masterminds, the ones still pulling the strings. They are the four left after the massacre. From whatever. If 2020 has taught us anything, is that you could run a a uh, multi-billion-dollar you know industry from people's uh, from people's bedrooms? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't even have to wear pants. And you, yep. Though it is nice, though, if you do, because we've yeah. heard I've read one of these stories on my show where they get up and they have a you know the, the the top part of the suit, and then they get up and you see them walking away in boxer shorts. Heck, that happened on TV. Like live national morning television, I think it was Christopher Christopher Reeve's son, and he gets up, or they, the camera shot, and you're seeing he's got boxers on despite having a top. So yeah, people, if you're doing a Zoom event, remember you still have to have pants on. It, it's helpful. Just a good idea. Or turn off yeah. the camera. Oh no! Or turn I've off read, the kitty face I've filter. I've read stories where people don't do that, and you see them. The bathroom is like direct, and they got the door open, and they're doing their business. And they come back and they realize they left their camera on. There was a guy in the Canadian House of Commons that did that twice. And he had to offer like public apologies, you know, throughout Canada's media. Like, yeah, As I should like, yeah. But it's like, again, it's, you know, the guy, you know, like the police men with the megaphone. Sir, step away from the technology, you know, just, yeah. Well, there, yeah. I mean, there was also the case of the poor, uh, the poor kid that got expelled because, they, he was he was doing his class, you know, his, his schoolwork, you know, in his father's study, and his father had this big gun rack on the wall right behind his desk, and it was in the camera. It was a violation of of bringing a firearm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. into the classroom. And then, of wow. course, we can hit a personal note here, just as far as you know, Zoom mistakes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, First kids last year had to do, you know, the, the online school. Yeah. And the teachers there 
guys walk around in boxer shorts and and a and a tank top t-shirt. I will not use the colloquial name that those are called. Yeah. And he's walking there and her sees this and the teacher's like, I'm on Zoom. Get oh sorry. And I said the only way that could have been better if he had a beer in one hand and was scratching back behind him with the other. That just south. Yeah, I know. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. So Folks, as I said, if you're going to do Zoom stuff, a tip from those of us here on Gaming on the Frontier. Know your background. Yeah, exactly. Know your background. Look, just be staff. classy, okay? If you're con- if you're communicating with strangers, be classy, okay? <laughs> Treat work like work, even if it's at home. Right, yeah, yeah. This is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there, so go explore them. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Gaming on the Frontier podcast is wholly owned by its hosts. It is released under the Creative Commons 3.0 license. No commercial reproduction and any use of any element of the podcast must be attributed to the Gaming on the Frontier podcast. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.